0: welcome to try not to overthink it i'm rj i'm unique and i'm khalil every day just like you we find ourselves trying to make sense of this crazy thing that we call life as peers in the healthcare profession we find ourselves discussing and debating many different topics and after many heated debates we decided to expand upon these topics and give them to you from our viewpoints as licensed therapists and social workers. If this is your first time here, we'd like to thank you for checking us out, and we hope that you'll stay and participate in the conversations. So today we are going to talk about double standards uh, between men and women. Um, that's a very serious topic. Um, we as a society have come an extremely long way in being progressive and adjusting as time as the times have changed. With that being said, as, as far as we progress as a society, there are certain things that are... In the way of keeping us from being equal, um, there are certain roadblocks that have gone unaddressed and have created certain hurdles um, that just create problems. It goes without saying that these injustices apply to not you know to not just one particular group um, but to all genders, races, backgrounds, regardless of one's identity um, so as I said with our topic being on double standards, you know, I think that it's important that we first understand what a double standard is. Um, A double standard is a rule or principle that is unfairly applied in different ways to different people or groups. In most scenarios, they are essentially the same. Um, But when double standards occur, certain differences are judged under a different light or circumstances, depending on the person that the standard is being applied to. Without even noticing, most of us tend to be influenced by these patterns of behaviors or thoughts, and I've I can say that you know there are a lot of things that I never really considered as double standards until you start sitting down talking to people who are different from you,
1: mm. Rather that be
0: from a different religion, uh, rather that be from a different socioeconomic background, educational level, different career track, uh, different gender, different sexual orientation. Then you start to really unpack and see how things are different for them in regards to how they're different from you.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's also appropriate for age differences, right? Like different generations look at, um, they look at things differently. So what may have been acceptable in the 50s is definitely not going to be acceptable in 2023. For sure. Um, We come from, I know I was raised by a stay at home mom and so for a majority of my life, my mother worked. I mean, she would stay at home, you know. And so she's like, "Well, you know, you take care of the kids, you cook the dinner, you put it aside." Right. And I'm like, "Girl, I don't do that." I, listen, we all gonna eat this dinner late, okay? I don't have time to cook it earlier, but I think that's just her time frame that she grew up in. And then you have People like one of my best friends, she was just like her mom kind of had the same notion. You're not going to cook for that man. She said, that man know how to cook yeah. and he know what he wants to eat. Why do I have to cook it? And so just seeing that demographic shift with just something as simple as preparing a meal for one's family. Two totally, you know, all the same gender people. You know, my mom's a woman, my one of my best friend's mom is a woman, and my best friend and I, we're the women in our marriages. And she was just like, the views are different from that of our mothers and how they did their marriages and the standard of, well, this is what's supposed to happen, as opposed to now you hear of couples where the man does the cooking. Or, you yeah. know, that's that's their norm and it's not you know no one back to eyelash about it
2: well the funniest thing that you say that because when you meet stay-at-home dads mm-hmm. or people who uh are in charge of the household because of their job situation or they might only work weekends depending on how their shift is set up or they work from home they take care of the kids they meet the kids mm-hmm. the and, and these are men doing these things and I've talked to a few of them and uh I think a lot of society starting to understand that the roles can be reversed depending on who's the breadwinner um Mm -hmm. financial um provider and and seriously with me i look at it my wife makes more than me she's in the medical field but uh a lot of the time i'm home with my stepson Mm uh, matter of fact uh luckily he just started driving got himself in trouble recently though was- oh, no. <laughs> but usually i have to take him everywhere i told mm-hmm. him I like, hey, we got to fix this because uh it was stressful um to be because i'm at home more and mm-hmm. stressful for me to be like hey well i need to run him to basketball practice run him back home uh to get this or get that and um luckily he's not a A young, young child, but I know people who do that with five, six, seven-year-olds. And it is difficult, but people look at them like, oh, well, that's... They're such a hero. Yeah, like...
1: (laughs) They're doing so great. Oh, they're such a great parent.
2: But I mean, people have been doing this for ages, especially women. And so a double standard applied to this. My mom was a single parent. And I remember a lot of times it was like, my grandmother had to come live with us because my mom, being in the medical field, she was a nurse working overnight, sometimes working. Um, and she didn't take many overnight shifts, but working 12 hours, she wasn't. Mm-hmm. And by the time she got home, she was exhausted. So my grandmother used to step up. But I remember my sister was a latchkey kid. She actually took care of me for a lot of the time. You know what I mean? She had to watch me. And there's a lot of households that operate like that right now. Their siblings watch the kids.
1: Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of that is because people assume you had a big sister, that they assume that that was her role, right, to step in and do that. Now, if it were flipping, you were the big brother and she was the little sister, no one would have batted an eyelash if you left her in the house. Oh, well, that's just what boys do. You know, boys yeah. ain't gonna stay in the house. Chad, he's, he's young.
2: She had to come home and take care of me. Uh, yeah. Get me off the school bus. Um, okay. and we're pretty close in age. Uh, she's only four years older than me, but She'd have, if when she got older, she had to come in, take Mm -hmm. care of me. And my sister's not the best cook, might I add. That's why. Uh
1: uh, what you're not going to do is come (laughs) against her cooking.
2: So that's why my grandmother had to come a few times uh, during my life. She didn't want me to starve, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) But uh, seriously, it's funny because that was her accepted role because she was a female that she had to cook, clean. I mean, Mm -hmm. I would help her clean, but not like that. She had to yep. do a lot, and then when she was driving, take me to basketball, football practice, that was a lot on her. I, I look mm-hmm. back at that now, because she's a female, people expected her to do that.
1: And they expect her to know how to cook, but instinctively know how to clean, to kind of step in as mom junior and take care of you. Without saying, she's young too. She's only four years older than this oh, yeah. boy, mm-hmm. and she's a baby herself. Yes. Okay. The mom is at work. Why? She might need to get a babysitter so, or have grandmom or another family member to step up and take the role. But and that's not to fault your mom at all. I think just that generation, we was all turning keys by ourselves. <laughs> and we're, you better not get kidnapped. But. Oh, yeah. I, I think it was
2: just make sure you don't uh don't burn the house down. Don't
1: get kidnapped.
0: Um, Well, I don't. I don't. Now, but I don't think that it was one of those things where it was just like the the expectation. I think is that for for women, like that is the role that the woman is supposed to fill. And then when like when guys do it, it's like seeing a, a you know like a unicorn do it. Right. You know, it's like, oh, my God, you know, a man is, is stepping up and, and being the, you know, being the stay at home dad and he's taking care of his kids. Women do it all the time. And th- but that's so, what you're saying.
1: You're and, praising the newborn yeah. and not the person who just does it, who does it all the
0: time. And, and that's what that's what you know blows my mind about, you know, some of the standards that we have set as normal. Like mm-hmm. it's normal for a woman to struggle and to figure things out. Mm-hmm. And to be the sole provider. But then when the man does it, oh, my God, he needs a, He needs a, a purple heart or, or a president, a presidential citation for doing something that women do all the time. And to, to like, me, to good job. I mean, to, to me, I feel like that, you know, the fact that people don't speak on that more is what has made that so normal, mm-hmm. that thought process so normal. You know, because even when you look at wage disparities, you're doing the same job as me as a man, as, as a woman, Unique. We're doing the same job. We got the same credentials. We got the same everything. But I'm going to get paid more than you. Mm-hmm. And um, or, so I'm going to have to take you out. Yeah. Or even even when you look at things like, you know, going to certain colleges, if you go, you have the same identical degree from, say, an HBCU in comparison to a PWI. Yeah. You the the degree from the PWI is going to pay tens of thousands of tens of thousands more dollars than the same identical degree from an HBCU. Mm -hmm. Like we live we live in a society where, yes, we have progressed, as I said earlier, we've progressed and we are moving forward. Things aren't as archaic as they used to be, but there's still some work that needs to be done, because Mm -hmm. in order for us to all
1: feel like we're valued members of society, we all have to have the same everything. Well, see, I don't agree with everybody getting the same everything. Because I mean, my mom used to say that fairness is not everybody getting the same thing. Fairness mm-hmm. is everybody getting what they deserve. Right? Okay. And so when you look at, um, we we hear the thing: I want to be able to do the same job as men, women should be able to do every all of the same jobs as men. Biologically, I'm built a little different. And so certain things, I'm not even talking about strength wise, strength wise, I might be able to do it. But what if I want to carry kids? I may have messed that up. That's true. Right? I can't lift 300 pounds when I'm pregnant. I don't That's care. True. That's dangerous. Like, yeah. I, I, I do I'm not a doctor, but I would just say a pregnant woman lifting 300 pounds is different from a non-pregnant woman lifting 300 pounds and a man who's never going to be pregnant lifting 300 pounds. And I'm not talking about trans men. I'm talking about a biologically. Born cisgendered man, yeah, it's never going to be a time unless you had an injury where you're not going to be able to do that, right? But a woman might have something. So somebody said, "Well, you wanted fairness, and you Mm -hmm. you wanted to you wanted to be one of the boys, so lift this up." That's not fair. Just because now I'm not able to do that, now I shouldn't get paid. Now, if we're talking about something that has nothing to do with my capabilities like physically then yeah i think there should be equal pay mm-hmm. i think there should be equal respect i think it should be respect for what the person is capable yeah. of whenever they apply to it not what just because of my gender that makes me capable or no it makes me capable because of my intelligence Yeah, i, me, I, that, that. I say that because when i was in seminary i had a guy to tell me um, you're just too pretty to be here. We were both sitting in Hebrew class. And so we're both having to learn this. And he's just like, you need, that's the one thing I don't get about you. You're pretty. Why would you come to seminary? I said, what? What right. does that have to do with anything? You're
2: on your life to do something. I said. When <laughs> it comes to spirituality, right? It,
1: I, I, I don't know that that makes a difference. He said, yeah, but you could do anything. And you chose to just. Come here and be with us. I was like, I don't know that my attractiveness prevents me from being able to do a job, but throughout my time there, that was a recurring theme. Well, you can't wear this because you're going to cause somebody to to fall. You can't you can't say that because people going to feel some type of way. You can't speak out too much because people going to think of something about you, and so. I was just like, but nobody is saying men get to wear what they want. Nobody's policing what the men wear in the seminary. No one's policing what the men say. No one is saying, you are really an attractive man. You didn't think about modeling? Really? A pastor? Why are you doing this? You don't think that this is going to lead women astray because you look so good? I can really see all of your muscles when you wear those tight shirts. You don't think that that's going to lead a woman astray with you looking like that? but they said it to women because it was expected i was supposed to sit down and shut up i was supposed yeah. to dress in a way that was not appealing to me Wait. for the sake of someone else but i think that comes in throughout society you see that right where women i we had the same degree i had more degrees than a lot of those guys so that was their first master's i came in there with a the master's degree uh-huh. and so a lot of them are just like oh You're really smart. Uh, Yeah. And I passed my Hebrew comps, might I add, and a lot of them did not.
0: Uh, Well, I mean, I I think like a lot of that factors into the whole the whole gender roles thing where, you know, as a a man, the expectations, you will do A, B and C. And then as a woman, your expectations, you will do C, D and E. And it, it, until we start to knock down some of those gender roles, because again, as, as we see nowadays, you, you have the gender roles that, you know, like from very early age, you're taught that you are supposed to be this. As a woman, you're taught to be the, the home, the home, the homemaker. You know, mm-hmm. you're taught to, you know, wash, wash and do laundry, take care of the home, do all the stuff inside the home. And the man's supposed to be doing everything outside the home. Right. And we're seeing that nowadays where things are kind of flip flopping. Things are kind of flip flopping where, you know, women are spending more time outside the home. Doesn't mean that you can't spend time inside the home, but you're spending more time outside the home. And then you have some men who are spending more time inside the home than they do outside the home. And we just have to kind of respect that. I feel like where we've gotten to at this point is where we don't want to respect people. Mm -hmm. And because we're not respecting one another, there are certain things that we just don't hold equivocally. So like Mm -hmm. things like even being promiscuous, We'll sit oh, here watch out, watch and, out. And we will we will we will praise and lord over a guy because he is, you know, like laid down with all of these different mm-hmm.
1: women. Know, because,
0: and I and I and I've had people literally argue with me about you know being fruitful and multiplying. And I'm like Oh well, oh, silver. Well, I'm like <laughs> you know, so when when they quoted when they quoted to me from the Bible, the Bible says be fruitful, multiply. No, the Bible saying be fruitful and multiply from within, inside the confines of your marriage. Mm-hmm. Not a marriage, from, not, not,
1: not marriage to the way that they decipher it.
0: They're, they're, taking it they're, they're taking it as, you know, because I like this girl, I'm laying up with that girl. Because I like this girl over here, I, I'm going to lay up with her. And then her cousin, her sister, her home homegirl, I'm laying up with them too. Mm-hmm. But then we turn around and it's, it's cool that a guy does it. You're the man. You get a high five, a fist mm-hmm. bump, a pat on the back. Mm-hmm. But then when a woman does it, you know, she for the streets, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. and and she might
1: and and ostracized. Yeah, they have a whole of names for her. She's a floozy. She lose. She's a hoe. I mean, when, so when you get those beautiful names attached. Yeah,
0: and and I I mean to me, you know, when you look at what being intimate is supposed to be, you know, I feel like the way that we use it in today's society in regards to physical intimacy. You know, everybody who's out here just passing themselves around. Again, you're—I feel like, regardless if you're a man or a woman, you for the streets if you out here just doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's not what physical intimacy is supposed to be for. But the way that we will villainize one gender versus the other just blows my mind. And I mean, no different than where you know, like even in workplace, somebody such as yourself, unique, you where you're outspoken, mm-hmm. you're considered bossy or combative. Mm-hmm. Yep, or yep. Or or even the B word. Yep. Whereas for yep. me, I, if I if I if I exhibit assertive I'm assertive. Yeah. You know, you know I, I, I'm smart and I know things. Mm-hmm. And and you know like I've had coworkers tell me that. Oh my God, you're so smart. I've heard I heard you're so super smart. And I'm just looking like it's not that I'm smartest I can read.
1: So well, yeah, to take prepare. it a step further. To take it a step further. So not only do I get called you know all of these lovely names but then people start to attack how i got into my position oh yeah and my last position you know when i was in upper management she i was sleeping with my boss who was a married gay man (laughs) known married gay man oh i slept my way to the top that's why i moved because i was moving to keep this secret affair going um I was sleeping with clients. I was sleeping with staff. And that's why the staff, like I like this staff member better because they had a sex tape of me. And if I exposed them, they would leak it. I was like, I do a lot in my not a lot of spare time. I don't have a lot of spare time, but I'm doing a whole lot of things that I didn't even know I did.
2: Well, that just shows you um, a lot of times people can really make stuff up and magnify things in their mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that means you're sick, usually. And you probably need to go see a therapist because if you can sit back and try to make up stories and get uh, be borderline delusional about different coworkers because they have something, there's a problem with
1: you. But see, it, it wasn't about the men though, because there were men in that position. Nothing about them. Yeah. It was about the young female who they were like, why did she get it? Because then I, I first started with the question, Well, how did you get into this role? No, never mind. That i had been doing this work since twenty before twenty thirteen when I graduated school. Because mm-hmm. right? you do an internship and practicums. I've been doing the work for almost like nine, ten years at that point. Mm-hmm. That didn't matter to any of them. Nope. What mattered was that they didn't know me. I was young. And how could this young person come in here, this young lady come in here and try to tell me what to do? And I don't know how she got to this position. What makes her different from me?
0: So then it, it turned into those, those negative things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I had to you, have slept my way to the top. You, you had to have. Not that you were hardworking, not that you were knowledgeable, not that you were the best fit for the job. No, no, no. You know, you were qualified. No, you had to have done you know negative things in order to get to the top. Yeah. and that and that that blows my mind like it it blows my mind because it's like i said as progressive as we are as, as a society we can't immediately just go to the mindset of okay they got the job i didn't let me be happy for them and let me support them because you know for me i I go always taught to respect the spot i don't got to respect the person but mm-hmm. respect the spot because mm-hmm. if i was in the spot i want somebody to be supportive of me be happy for me as well and that that just kind of just blows my mind but that that's the type of that's the type of things that we experience. I mean, and even not even to even take it a step further, but even for for us as people of color, like there are certain things that we have as people mm-hmm. of we got to deal with at the job. I I have to always be cognizant of the fact that I am a a African American male, and mm-hmm. being an African American mm-hmm. male, the thought process is the fact that some people view me as dangerous. Yes. You know, or, or, yes. Or not, or if I'm standing up for myself, you know, I mean, aggressive. Aggressive. I'm being aggressive. So I have to always be aware of my tone. I've always got to be aware mm-hmm. of my body language. I've always got to be aware of, you know, what I'm saying in comparison to how I'm saying it, because, you know, the thought process is, you know, okay, he's being, he's being aggressive, you know, and you know that they're dangerous. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I, I've always got to, minimize no matter how mad I am or no matter what the other person said or did to me, I've always got to be in the back of my mind trying to minimize my threat level. Yep. 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 So, so that I don't get viewed as a threat because I've had that happen before mm-hmm. where myself and a coworker got into it because like we were working in an inpatient facility. And so when a client le- leaves the facility, AMA, the, the nurse had been notified numerous times, you need to let myself and the other therapist know so we can do our portion of the paperwork. Of course, she's just doing what's convenient for her because she really didn't want to be bothered with the client in the first place. Client decided they wanted to leave AMA. she let them sign the AMA form, which was the only part she had to do, and let them walk out the door. Myself and the other therapists, you know, what they teach you in, in healthcare, and in the healthcare profession, there's a thing called continuity of care. Mm-hmm. So if I if this person's gonna leave me, I need to make sure that they have appointments in hand for them to. If they decide that they want to follow up, they can follow up. Not just I'm leaving it to them to figure out how to follow up. Mm-hmm. So we have we keep having the same conversations over and over and over again in email, um, in person. And so she let the client who was high risk, and for for those who were not in the know. When someone is high risk, they're high risk for going to jail. They're high risk for hospitalizations. They're mm-hmm. high risk for an involuntary commitment. They're high risk for dying because not a, lo- a lot of people. Get- yeah, because they they <laughs> they, either win, they don't <laughs> so make the slide best slide decisions, or, or they story. don't, or they don't necessarily surround themselves with the best the best
1: supports. People. Yeah.
0: So, so we need to make sure that we are doing everything in our power to encourage them to follow up instead of, you know, go backwards. And so she let this person leave, you know, who was high risk. We didn't have, have time to schedule appointments for the person. So at this point, you know, like for me, I'm not going to keep having the same conversation with somebody over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So when I bring this up to her, you know, like, Hey, I don't understand why we keep having the same problem. And I keep explaining this to you and why this is important. She then turned it into, I felt scared, you know, because he <laughs> was, you know, all is, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and so my thing was for me I wasn't born yesterday. So because I knew she was that type of person, you know, and I knew she, you know, cuz nobody cares about the truth when the lies way more entertaining. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So I had I had another coworker sitting there when I talked to her. Yep. Yep. You have so to so when she, so when she, you know, tried to turn it into, well, I felt scared. and I felt threatened. And I, I was so nervous and I didn't know what he was going to do because of course she's a woman and I'm a man and I'm a, I'm an African-American. Mm-hmm. That. A, a, a
1: angry, a angry, uh, abusive so, man. So,
0: so that's how she was, that's how she was trying to make it not realizing. One we're, one, we're on camera because mm-hmm. there's a camera sitting right above us. And then two, there's a, there's a, a third coworker sitting there watching the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So You know, she tries to turn in this thing. And so, you know, at this point, our manager was trying to write me up. So I was like, well, why don't we why don't we ask this? Why don't we go back and run the tapes? Yeah. Yeah, went back and ran the tapes. And, you know, sure enough, was like like, you know, like I explained it had happened. There was no there was no loud talking. There was no angry talking. But I learned in that very in that moment at that time, you know, because, again, were there if there were no cameras present? If there was no co-worker to witness it, that could have ended very badly for me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so for me, I, I learned in that moment that in some situations, as a man, I have to be very aware of that there's a certain, like, had she spoken to me like that, the expectation would have been as the man, I should have just walked away and left it alone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas, no, whereas, as a black
1: man, you would have been oh, yeah. doing that. Because if you were yeah. a white guy, it would been different. Your name was Jim, and you had like a white complexion you could have been able to tell her you're lazy you're shipless you don't do anything i'm tired of talking to you this way um i'm writing you up all of the above call her everything you wanted to call her and it would have just been oh he's just being you know well, assertive well human resources
2: would have got in the mix and probably protected jim or whoever it is. Of, course, of
1: course.
0: but it, i mean it, it it became a thing and so for me i had to realize at that point you know, in that in that moment. And then I've said this in previous episodes, I always look at what I can learn from a situation. Mm -hmm. And so what I learned from that situation is, hey, as a as a person of color and as a man, I have to be very cognizant of how other people view me. And by being cognizant of the way that other people view me, that allows me to be able to navigate how I interact with them.
1: I think you said a very important fact when you said that noticing that these disparities are there too often mm-hmm. i, I want to say in the black community that's something that we kind of struggle with Cause real life. well i just want to be able to be like everybody else but you're not. Yeah. you're not exactly you're not the sooner you realize that and the sooner you govern yourself in a way that says okay when i'm in this space i'm going to police myself in a way to gain my respect right? not even mm-hmm. earn it but to to be in a space where okay when i show up here I'm already dispelling what you think about me, because I'm, I'm laying it out, I already, I already know you think I'm angry, so let's go ahead yep. and get that out now, okay? Yep. Just like when I deal with white women, across the board, I'm just going to put it out there. I already know, they're soft, they look softer. And they I've had one, she was always quick to be the victim in the scenario. Right. And so I would have to, when I'm talking to her, have somebody present. Yeah. Put it in writing.
2: Yep, you have it
1: in an email because when it came down to it, I knew what I was doing. And I would lay the cards out. I already know this is how you've handled this situation in the past. And from my experience, this is how people that I've dealt with who look like you have handled this experience. And so until we are able to identify that we're not those people, I'm going to go off of what I know.
2: Well, mm-hmm. look, in, in recent uh, in light of the recent uh, events with Tyree Nichols in Memphis, right, mm-hmm. a young black man, uh, our own people, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? We, we go through some of that as well.
1: Right? Oh, yeah. Colorism.
2: Right. And, and some black gentlemen were pulling him over. The first thing they're thinking is he's a thug. He's on. He's trying to run. He's trying to do this, that. And the third. And they used excessive force because obviously being in memphis they might have dealt with some of that before mm-hmm. that special task force did not look at him because obviously he wasn't a thug because he, he wouldn't have been crying for his mom you know what i mean yeah. That should have alerted you right there that there's something wrong this little boy was crying for his mother and you was he a thug a thug without a
1: weapon he had right. he had a, he must have had guns on him he, must he have had, had a gun, gun, gun on his, his head, head on, his on his ankle he had guns right
2: and they were upset because he he ran but at this time, he was fleeing for his life because he's like, these people are trying to kill me. This ain't no random traffic stop at this point. And yeah. his, probably his adrenaline was running. And he was like, I got to go. He was fleeing for his life. And they because mm-hmm. they came at him so rough and aggressive, but that's what they're used to doing to black people. Black
1: exactly. men. And it girls. don't matter the color of the cop. I right. think in our communities, we've always had that, where you've been taught, when you see a cop, don't matter if you even did anything. You run the opposite way. When you right. see a police, you, uh-uh, you don't ask no questions. You, you get to a no safe space. And right. if they ask you anything, I don't know nothing.
2: And that's where we have to try to break down some of those uh, stereotypes. Because certain standards that we have when the officer's pulling you over, no matter if you're black or white, but yeah, there's certain things you can't do. But I think for African-American males, it's so important that uh, regardless, because of these double standards, all right, Mm -hmm. uh, if he was a young white man, I don't think they would have used the type of aggressive force they used on him, no matter what color police officer was, but because there's a stereotype and there's these set standards they have for us, uh, there there was no, it was a no-win situation for him. Mm -hmm. Even if he probably got out and and he didn't seem like he was that non-compliant, he looked like, because he got on the ground, You know, everything else was excessive after that. And uh, for black men that are watching the show, put your hands on the steering wheel and just say yes. It's one of those things where it's horrible that we have to say that, but we can't make any moves. There is a double standard for us if we get pulled over, black women as well. You get pulled over by the police, you know that you need to be saying yes. You need to be putting your hands on the steering wheel. Don't make any sudden moves. It's sad, but that's what we have to teach our children. Uh, because it usually ends with some sort of violence. I don't care if it's a black police officer, white police officer, Hispanic, whatever it is. It's probably going to end in some chaos if you talk back and you try to fight.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, like for, you know, because the the thing is, like I said, like we've, we've got to the point to where now things are a lot more open and people are at least willing to have conversations about certain about certain patterns of behavior. Um to where I think that's what's going to, we'll, we'll start to see some things change. Mm-hmm. You know, like people are now starting to talk about, people have been talking about the wage disparity for the last few years. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it with sports where the WNBA is, you know, talking about how, why don't we have chartered planes? Why don't we have that? Um, like you, you see it more where people starting to speak up about it because in order for change to occur, enough people have to get tired of the status quo. Mm-hmm. And, and we see that now where people are starting to say that, hey, I should be able to come into a workplace or I should be able to do this and be treated as an equal, mm-hmm. seen as an equal, seen as a peer, not treated or seen as a second class citizen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that in order for change to continue to move forward, because change can also go backwards, too, in order for change to continue to press forward and continue to improve we all have to look at look at each other and view each other from a standpoint of how would i feel if this was me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the you respect know, factor you talked about yeah. like too often we we get into this thing where because it's not personally me mm-hmm. it's not my problem mm-hmm. it's Everybody not my business i, yeah. I want to mind, yes. mind my i want to mind i want to mind my own business this ain't got anything to do with me so i'm not going to speak on it mm-hmm. and in order for evil to triumph, the good man to stand by and do nothing and And for too many of us, we do that when we stand by and I'm not going to say nothing cause they ain't got to do with me, mind your own business. because I remember uh, there was a young lady that uh, got kidnapped in Birmingham uh, a couple years back, mm-hmm. and one of the witnesses said that he saw you know the gentleman pulling her in the vehicle, putting her in the vehicle constantly and and, and, and his wife told him mind his own business. Right. So this young oh. lady this young lady possibly could you know because she it, you know she ended up losing her life behind that situation. This young lady probably could have still been alive had he not listened to his wife and not minded his own business but that
1: is his business and i I like the show like i think i can't remember the gentleman i think he's a latino gentleman and he has a show that's called like what would you do Mm -hmm. and they do like social experiments like this where Mm -hmm. they'll have incidents on it and um they'll look at what people's like so what their response would be and several times I've seen them intervene, you know, whether it was different races of people have intervened, like you're talking about, and like, And he'll ask, you know, why did you say something? They were like, because that is my business, because I'm a human, and I have a child, and, you know, I have a loved one, and I wouldn't really want to see my loved one in this, and then they not be helped out or they not be advocated for. But mm-hmm. so often, but that I feel like that takes a level of ownership on the person to say, I wanna be the change that I wanna see. Right. And I'm willing to be the only person fighting for it. I'm willing to be the odd man out if it could just help one.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: If it just helps and that one person, I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah, I mean a lot of people, like I said, you know, because of who we are as human beings, a lot of us tend to be inherently selfish. We 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 tend to only be concerned about me and mine. And I mean, the thing about it though is, just imagine where we would be if that's all we were concerned about. But right? see, Roger, because because
1: you want to take it, Christian. You always got to take it back to church. Lord, Roger, I know you just got out of church, but all right. So because you want to go there, if you but you got to look at the original fall, right? Eve made her decision. Adam made his decision, and when it was like reckoning time, oh yo, it's the girl you mm-hmm. gave me. Yeah. Why are you giving her? Because we he had you not giving me her before. I would have never made that decision. Right. Well,
0: well, I mean, I think that for, I think that it's, it's, it's even past that because I mean, when you look at the, you know, the the notion of of community the, you know, the, the notion of community has just kind of been, exist. that's why,
1: but that's why my because of, because of the decision Adam and Eve met, God said he was going to put that, that strife between the two of them. He said, that's what you asked for, my guy. When I told you, do not check your rib. Where's your rib at? you trying to blame me. If you had been holding her hand, my guy, she would have been eating no fruit.
2: But uh, yeah. I think what RJ is also speaking on is, uh, uh, collectivist society as opposed to individualist
0: society. Mm-hmm, yeah, In yeah.
2: American society, we're all about the individual, what makes yeah. people good, what I can do for me. Uh, and, that, and that's okay in some aspects of life. Yeah, if you're working to improve yourself and you wanna make a change right for the better. But when it comes to community, I think we are very selfish because I've been mm-hmm. in communities before where people turn a blind eye to a lot of criminal activity yeah, it's almost the standard in that community. Well, you know they on the corner hustling. I'm mm-hmm. going in and out the store. I see the fiends lining up. I see people drinking. Mm-hmm. Water. I'm not going to address it because those people will kill me, and that's the standard that's been set in certain communities. So it's like, well, I got to stay in my lane because if I address it, but if more people were to address it
1: banded together
2: 50 people at one time you sure can <laughs> yeah. i mean unless <laughs> you got
1: an automatic rifle thing, yeah, maybe. unless you got, unless you got but, an
2: aksk you know what I'm all those other extra k's if you want to run around and do that that's different but
1: but then, then you're a sniper and then you know all the boys are looking for you because you're a serial killer at that
2: about <laughs> <point>. that <laughs> <laughs> i mean seriously if the whole community would mm-hmm. set a different type of standard where it's mm-hmm. okay where it's not okay for everybody to be out there doing criminal activity and we pass a blind eye. Like um, I think I was telling RJ the other day about uh, the lady on the bus who was beaten up. I forgot, was that New Jersey? I forgot where it was. They beat mm-hmm. up the lady on the bus and everybody was sitting there videotaping. We're talking about social media. That's crazy. Why are we just sitting yep. there videotaping these
0: kids
1: instead of doing something
2: person? I don't care what she said. At this time, mm-hmm. y'all jumping her. That's not right. even,
1: you know what I mean? Like, it, it's- and it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. Anything besides this person is in danger. Their life is in danger, danger. And you don't get to do that. If she says something, like I tell my kids, say something back. Right. It doesn't yep. give you the right to put your hands on anybody. Now, if they put yeah. their hands on you, maybe it's fair game. You better handle business. Right. And then I'll handle it later. Okay? I don't care who it is. Boy, girl. I have identified you handle your business and I'm going so to come to your We tonight. Hello, hello. But I, I so yeah, many people like the y'all are saying, yeah. yeah. Just that's mind your business, and it's not just in our communities. Like you said, I've I've heard it in lots of different communities. Um, yeah. Oh no, oh that's not our Oh no, we don't we don't deal with them.
2: We
0: yeah, not going to deal with them. No, but. But that's where, like I said, in order for try, in order for evil to triumph, the good men to stand by and do nothing. And for a lot of us, because it doesn't specifically apply to me, I'll stand by and watch it be done to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it it transcends race, it transcends socioeconomic background, it transcends religion, uh, mm-hmm. sexual orientation, you know, education level. We have to be better about how we treat each other and, yeah. you know, and stand behind one another as human beings. Because last time I checked, we're the same God dang on species.
1: Right. Yeah. So but Roger, you're asking people to value life. And we know that the world we live in, that ain't happening. Right. And so okay. the, the small part that we play is, I always like to think of it this way. I might not be able to change the world, but I do get to impact those that I'm closest to. Mm-hmm. Right. So I impact the people I see at my kid's school, church, when I'm at the grocery store, I've held a mini a door for men mm-hmm. because they're walking behind me. I'm going to hold the door. Yeah. Is the standard that a man is supposed to hold the door? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. But I've held my fair share of doors. I've, you know, walked my fair share of people to their, ladies to their car. Did you need some help with that? But it, it requires people saying, I want to value life right, and not in the world sense of I'm going to go feed some far off distant child in a country I'm never going to see. Never
2: going to see. Really? <laughs> I'll shoot that money over there, but I'm not going to help the person down the
1: street. But I'm not going to help the elementary kid who only, the only meal that they get is breakfast and lunch at the public school during zero yeah. time. So when they're off break, that baby don't eat. You yeah. never make sure that the free lunch program is paid for. Well, you could give money to the free lunch program at any public school, you can, You can, and they have services, Meals on Wheels will take meals out for kids, but they need people who value these altruistic commodities that help to do the greater good in our communities. We look at Roe versus Wade, you know, without getting too political, but some people decided, well, this group of people, they don't, they don't get to make decisions about what affects their body. Why? Because that's not their choice. Mm -hmm. Shoot me down, but a man can never decide if I should carry a baby or not. You don't carry a baby. Well, I don't want to carry a baby, and that's my choice.
2: Well, it makes you upset because uh, when we look at it and everybody's saying, well, it has to be for the greater good, the um, altering motive and all that stuff like that. That doesn't seem like it's good for everybody because I'm a social worker. When you have a lot of children, all right, Mm -hmm. that means there's a lot of expenses. When you don't have the money, that means it comes out of the taxpayers' dollars. And so, you know, like, I don't care who you are because I've dealt with it firsthand. And I know what happens to children who don't have, uh, you know, uh, enough money in the household. All right. And we talked about people who can't feed themselves. All right. Mm -hmm. Start looking at the economic value of not having that many people in one household, right? We, we start saying it's not cost-effective. Yeah. And how like, do I have to do the numbers for people? So when people try to feed me, yes, I don't believe God wants to kill any child, all right? Mm-hmm. Nobody said that, but hey, they were passing um, children through the fire in, in, in the biblical days. <laughs> the Moabites were doing that, all right? So at, at this point- and,
1: and we also don't want people who are sexually assaulted. Assaulting. We don't yeah. want minors. Having making adult decisions about right. their bodies that are going to affect them for a lifetime and then um, impact the next generation. Grace, I, I we that. want to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to be given the choice, the free choice that God gave them.
2: And God gives you free will. So that brings me to that point. When we talk about a biblical uh, standard that was set, right? You are allowed to uh, uh, let yourself go to, to whatever that moral depravity is, uh, and mm-hmm. you'll still be forgiven if you turn back from that, right? Mm-hmm. So I am not gonna be anybody's judge at this time. So that's what I, I have a problem with. How am I gonna say these people can't mm-hmm. do this? And that's mm-hmm. their own decision. But everybody can have a gun though, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. don't get me on that. <laughs> don't get but, me on but,
1: but, but, um, you But know, I think that just goes back to the value system. What do we value? And unfortunately, I feel like in this country, I'm gonna say it. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna go there on that rabbit hole.
2: Well, poor people have no say.
1: Well, no, I wasn't even gonna go there. Women in this country oftentimes are not valued. Right. We're not the commodity of interest. Um, It's been that way for centuries. For centuries,
2: that has that.
1: And I'm not talking about race or anything. I don't care if you're black, Latina, uh, Asian, white. you You just in this country you're second class you are second class look at how look at voting women were the last to vote right you can't make a decision in this country you're not smart enough look we can
2: keep going on we better stop before we get ourselves in trouble here right we're trying to we're trying to build something
1: here
2: yeah we're talking about double standards and these things apply this is very Mm -hmm. important why can't women have control over what? they can do for themselves uh this might be something that if the woman makes that decision it might help her in the future Mm -hmm. um you know it might actually help more of her community in the future there's a Mm -hmm. lot of good that might come from that not saying that anybody needs to make that decision but if they have to it might benefit their community
1: yeah Yeah. i mean Uh, go go ahead No, I'm just saying. Um, trying to look at the world from someone else's viewpoint is helpful in, you know, looking at is this going to be best for, all, for all of us, right? I'm not. Even though I'm not a man, Roger and I have had conversations about where he's like, you need, but you got to see it from this perspective. And when I looked at it from that perspective, I could, I had to check myself several times, and I'm like, oh yeah. I could see how that could be problematic. I wasn't looking at it from that viewpoint. I was only looking at it from my experiences and my position in life. He said, but but you are making decisions that affect uh, someone else. And so trying to see it from their perspective, and we were talking about genders, but trying to see it from the man's perspective can be helpful in going forward. And I have to admit, it has helped me every single time. Just that simple act of, hmm. Well, how might they see if I do this? How 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 would they internalize this behavior? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, oh,
2: step out, and I'm gonna okay. All to finish the close, but many uh, blessings, love, and peace to all those. Okay, take care. All
0: right, later, man. Um, so I mean, those are things that we we have to kind of put ourselves in other people's shoes. That's mm-hmm. that's the short answer in how to fix this overall arcing problem. Yeah. Uh. Put yourself in somebody else's shoes. When you put yourself in someone else's shoes, you're less likely to do the things that offend other people. And you're less likely to allow other people to offend other people. You know, and, and for me, that was something, you know, it's, you know, much easier said than done. That was something that I had to learn myself as I became an adult. As I stepped into, you know, being an adult and being the man that God has called me to be, I had to realize that everything can't always be about me. Mm-hmm. Everything can't always just be about the people I care about. Sometimes I have to take myself out of the equation, put others put others ahead of myself. Like my dad always says, Jesus first, others second, yourself last.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so putting others ahead of myself, I started to realize that some things, okay, that's not okay. Just because it personally doesn't affect me doesn't make, doesn't still make it okay. So I'm just as wrong as someone doing something to somebody else, knowing that it's wrong and not saying anything about it. So there have been instances where, like, I'll share, share a story where I had a coworker, where we're, you know, we're, every time it comes time to do a project, we end up being together. Mm-hmm. So I asked them, like, why are you always with us all the time? Well, the people that I normally work with, you know, they're not really inviting. They're not really trying to include me. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't given me access to the systems I need to have access to. Well, do you want me to say something? No, no, I don't want you to say anything. Well, why not? Well, because I have to work with him every day and I really don't want to cause any problems or friction. So I went to my supervisor and I said, "Uh, hey, uh, um, I'm not trying to be funny. I said, but I've noticed uh, looking around. Everybody, most most everybody looks like me. This guy over here doesn't look like me. And I noticed the people that he normally work works with. They don't look like him. They look like me. And I noticed they treat him a little differently. Mm-hmm. And I said, I wouldn't raise like that. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't want to say anything because, you know, hey, he, he doesn't want to rock. because of or, or he'll be ostracized. For yeah. Yeah. Because now you don't now you don't ran and told on me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I go to my supervisor. Hey, can he just work with us from now on? You know, my supervisor was like, well, does you sure he doesn't want to complain? I said, I've spoken to him about it. You know, ask him, do he want to complain, you know, file a complaint, you know, because, hey, you know, I stand behind people when because I've watched it happen. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, because I'm always one of those people. Everybody says things, but it's a different story when you sit sit back and watch. Yeah. And, you know, because people sometimes make things up and then Mm -hmm. also sometimes people can misinterpret things or read too much into things. They see it from their
1: perspective.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. They see it from their perspective. And a person's perspective is their reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it may not have been what he thought it was. So I sat back and just watched, and sure enough, they did treat him differently. Yeah, you know, and so you know, we got it signed off on, blessed off on. Him, so now he works with us rather than, um, rather than be be with the people that are mistreating him. But for me, I recognized and I saw that hey, he was being mistreated. Mm-hmm. Now it'd be a completely different scenario, you know, where for me as a person of color, him being person of Caucasian descent. If somebody, if he was mistreating somebody that looked like me, Then you know, so I, racism. yeah, now, now it's racism, and so you know, now we got time and we got energy for that. Yeah. So the same way that I'd have time and energy if somebody that looked like him was mistreating somebody that looked like me, I got to keep that same energy when people that look like me are mistreating somebody that looks like him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And so, you know, but it's, for it's me, it's, it's not ahead. just about the race. You, you said this man is hired here to do a job. He's being prevented from doing his job because of personal feelings, which is inappropriate, right? Yep. And that's, I think, that's the theme of what we're talking about: going beyond the top layer and looking beneath and saying, "What is the purpose for all of this? Am I am I doing something because of my own mess, or am I not doing something because of my own mess? And if it is, you got to check you, yeah, right, definitely. and say, all right." I don't have to like you, but I do have to respect you. That's, mm-hmm. that's standard. I don't, I don't have to like anybody. Right. But I do have to respect you one because of my own moral code, Yep. right? My ethics, respect looks like doing what I want somebody, treating someone better than I would want someone to even treat me yep. going the extra mile. I, I don't have, you don't have to treat me nice in order for me to treat you nice. Yeah. That's what I would like. Right, but that's not that's not what we'll always get No, but I still I'm required by my christian ethics to be respectful to be kind to be gentle to be loving to be thoughtful to be respectful That that's the things that i'm supposed to do. And so in that instance, I think that was a prime example of going beyond Man that was just tough. Yeah, I mean that's fine You, You could just work with us every time we have a project and say no this level of this this behavior is unacceptable, and you don't need to be subjected to that environment. Come over here.
0: Yeah, because it could have easily been me. Mm-hmm. Circumstances flip flop; it could have easily been me. Yeah, and that's that's what we have to get into, and that's where I was saying about you know overall community. Because when you look at what community essentially started out out as, it's a whole bunch of families living together, and we're taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. I'm watching your back; you're watching my back, and we're just making sure we're all safe. Mm-hmm. You know, now we are communities in and of ourselves where we're so only concerned with us, we're not concerned about the collective. And that is what allows the double standards to flourish. That is what allows double standards to continue. And that's what allows double standards to be normalized patterns of behavior because we are not concerned about anybody else other than ourselves. Mm -hmm. And by putting down, you know, the selfishness and, and, and being selfless instead of selfish, that is what allows us to be, to move forward. You know, because again, we want to claim that we're progressive, that we're accepting, that we're tolerant, but then we're tolerant when it's convenient. We're accepting when it's convenient. We are progressive when it's convenient and convenient.
1: Inclusive convenient, when it's convenient.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. inclusive when it's convenient. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we got to get past the convenient part. Continue to do those things, but leave the convenient part out of it. Has to be has to be consistently consistent. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. It and has that to is a part of your moral makeup where I'm going precisely. to do what's the right thing to do, have some integrity, right? I'm going to do the right thing even if no one is looking and or, even if or it doesn't benefit me.
0: Exactly. That's what it has to be.
1: That's, that's integrity. What it has to be. Right? It's the right thing because it's the right thing. And there's not that. I mean, I say that not to say that there won't be more dilemmas because mm-hmm. life is not black and white. We know that everyone on this podcast, it's a lot of gray. we know that it's a lot of gray out there. OK, but in that gray, that's where having a moral compass is going to come in handy because you're able to say, hey, I made the best decision with the information that I was given. That's something that my mom always taught her. She said her father would tell excuse that like, there are no regrets. Make the best decision with what you're given at that time and stand on it. And so if that means, well, you know, 10 years from now, I did something that looking back, it now that I have more information, more education, it wasn't the right decision. But during that time, I could I could honestly say I made the best decision at that time, and I think that's something I want uh, people to say about me. I might not be everybody's cup of tea. I might not be seen as the nicest person, but I do want people to say she was fair. She was honest. Yes. She was respectful. She was kind and consistent and consistent. It might not rub you the right way. It, it may hurt your feelings. I can't I can't not hurt your feelings if something just hurts you. Right. Sometimes the truth is hurtful. But did I did I bring it to you in a way that felt loving? Did I bring it to you in the kindest way possible? Was I being respectful towards you? Was I being, is this my consistent behavior towards you? Right, and I think that that makes up the difference when um, you are looking to build these relationships, to build community.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. So um, we are gonna stop the conversation here. Um, This is try not to overthink it, signing out. Um, if you happen to like what you heard you like what you, or like what you saw, we can be found on YouTube at Try Not To Overthink It. Um, we can also be listened to pretty much everywhere you can find an audio file. Audible, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Podvine, pretty much everywhere you can find an audio file, we are available for you to listen to. Um, if you would, you know, I don't know why you prefer to listen to us instead of watch us because we are some pretty attractive looking people. We ask that you stop by the YouTube channel, uh, like, share, subscribe, comments, turn your notifications on because we are continuing to grow. And we we appreciate you guys for joining us on this mm-hmm. journey. Um, but again, we're signing out. We will catch you in the next episode. I'm RJ. I'm Unique. And. We-